Hello, welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me at liveto110.com. And you can find this video podcast on the corresponding blog post on the website and on the YouTube channel, Wendy Live to 110. Today, we're interviewing my friend, uh, Mark Lazure. I love his name, and he's a great person. And we're going to be talking about how to feed your body and brain with positive thinking and how to uh, to change your th- your thoughts and your energy levels and achieve your goals that you want. Uh, you know, many times negative thoughts and negative energy and negative people can really hold you back in a profound way from reaching your goals and for being your your best self and reaching your higher purpose. So we're, we've got a very deep show uh, on the, the the roster today. So stay tuned. This show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest on the show. And I'm so thrilled to announce, finally, we have launched the Body Bio Rehab Program. By the time this podcast airs, you can find my new online health program at bodybiorehab.com. I wanted to create this program as just a, a very basic intro into the five pillars of health and all the information that I've learned over the last few years and interviewing all the top experts on the world. I wanted to condense it into this amazing online program that I've spent about six months working on. And it talks about the diet that you should be eating, uh, doing a 30-day paleo reset, uh, just to get rid of a lot of foods that people are eating they're probably sensitive to, um, taking the, the right supplements, uh, taking very basic supplements, including lots of minerals. Many people are not taking enough minerals or the right forms. So I tell you the basic supplements I think everybody should be taking. I also talk about exercise and flexibility, cardio, high-intensity interval training, flexibility, strength training. Uh, Talk about a lot of different aspects of exercise and how much you should be doing. Also, I talk about stress, uh, how to reduce stress and stress relief techniques. I think that's critically important to have a healthy body. I also go into sleep and how to improve your sleep. And, um, you know, many aspects of sleep and why it's important and supplements you can take to improve your sleep. Many people need assistance to get a quality night's sleep. Then lastly, I talk about detoxification, one of my very favorite subjects, because I don't believe people can be healthy unless they have a daily lifelong detoxification plan. So I talk about all my favorite detox techniques and detox supplements, etc. So it's a, you, as you can see, it's a very comprehensive program. So go check it out at bodybiorehab.com. Our guest today, Mark Lazure, has a, a very impressive resume. It's going to take me a while to get through it. <laughs> he is the executive producer, co-founder, and co-host of The Life Changes Show. It's an amazing radio show that you can see at bbcradio.com. Um, his specialties include intuitive strategic guidance, NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. He's a hypnotherapist, a hypnotherapy certification, and a, a timeline therapy certification. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds really interesting. Mark is also a venture strategist, inventor, and award-winning entrepreneur. He's won an Emmy Award, uh, R&D 100 Award, an NAB Award, and a Business Week Product of the Year. His primary focus has been on disruptive technologies, sustainable business solutions, conscious media, and transformational events. Mark has been a guiding force behind several startups, takeovers, and turnarounds, most notably uh, Inktomi Corporation, acquired by Yahoo, uh, Terranex Video Processing, and Mesh Networks, acquired by Motorola. Mark has devoted considerable effort towards a greater understanding of the psychology of transformation and global awareness of consciousness and healing. He has a general interest in promoting unity and new and cutting-edge innovations, systems, and culturally viable solutions, which advocate a harmonious, integrated lifestyle for all here at home on planet Earth. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about uh, how you got into uh, health and uh, doing your Life Changes show? Well, um, I was born. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's where it starts. Um, and and I'm, I'm being cheeky, but yes, it's also true. Uh, this has uh, evolved as very much a life path for me. 
my journey has lots of twists and turns along the way, and it, it never really made sense until I got into or, or began stepping into purpose and stepping into purpose both from a corporate perspective but more so from a personal perspective in terms of really really owning um, how I see the world, how I view myself. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, anybody that knows me, I'm a little bit different in that I've always been, I guess, as a child was called overly sensitive. Uh, as an adult, I would say it's uh, very introspective. Um, I, uh, I, I watch my own life as a TV show and I really evaluate every choice, every mistake, every challenge, every success um, to see what, what did I do to contribute to that? Uh, what could I have done differently? What did I learn from it? Um, I have now the tools to watch from that perspective as opposed to being hypercritical, overly, um, you know, self-critical, you know, when you're younger, um, maybe, uh, you know, challenging uh, yourself or, or being overly sensitive, you know, things like that. I think, you know, as you grow older and especially the path that I've taken to really learn to go inward to read, to, uh, to, to build on top of uh, a, a psychology background, which I, when, I, when I went down that path, I didn't realize I'd end up where I, where I am now. Um, so that kind of all comes together um, after a whole series of changes. Um, you know, I, I started out as a child uh, performer, uh, singer, vocalist, band geek, you know, <laughs> saxophone for, for most of my childhood. I stopped that and I went out for sports. And, and for all the reasons that um, many go through, the bullying, the lack of understanding, the wanting to be part of a different crowd, uh, you know, and that led me, though, into a successful avenue, um, which took me, sports took me all the way into college and, and ended up in business from there. And, and so there's a whole series of, of very direct twists and turns that really embody where I'm operating from now which, uh, you know, is embodied in the, in the two words that uh, accompany our show and the business that I, that I uh, build from, which is Life Changes. Mm. Yeah, tell us about that radio show. I was very, you know, appreciative. You asked me to be a guest on your very popular radio show. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the genesis of beginning that show? Thank you. Well, the, the show was evol- has evolved over the past six years now. Um, I was... Uh, gifted uh, the introductions of two beautiful people in uh, Filippo Voltaggio and Dorothy Donahue. And uh, at the time, I was pursuing some venture work around a general concept of conscious content. And that was uh, the idea of producing content, like we're doing right now, that ultimately would use uh, uh, the grid for a higher purpose. So getting information out, ex- uh, exploring truths, asking questions, um, anything that's socially impactful or ultimately bringing something positive to the, you know, to humanity, to, to the planet. Um, so I, I was, I was already in that realm and, uh, Filippo had the, a, an idea for a radio show, which was life changes with Filippo. And, and we decided to team up and have been doing both the radio show and live events, uh, and are now in a process of shifting from audio radio format into a more video driven and live event format as we go forward. Yeah. Yeah. I've known you for about 10 years and I was really surprised. I, I didn't know that you were doing this show, this uh, amazing health show and that you've been doing it for so long. Um, but it's a great show. I think it's an amazing format. And uh, I saw you have a, an amazing lineup of guests and over 300 shows. Can you tell the audience where they can listen to your show? Absolutely. Uh, and thank you for that. And you were certainly one of our highlight guests. So we really enjoyed that, that conversation. Um, the, uh, the show can be found at either domain lifechangesnetwork.com or lifechangesshow.com. And uh, it's uh, broadcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. live on the BBS radio, internet radio network, uh, which is bbsradio.com. Um, but again, you can, uh, you can go to our domain to, uh, not only listen to the live show on Monday evenings, uh, 7 PM Pacific, or, uh, there's an archive with all of those past shows, uh, as we've embarked on this journey of sharing our journeys together and the journeys of our guests and really just sharing information, exploring topics and allowing our listeners to both interact with that um, as they as they go away from listening to the show, but also take away from it what might be right for them 
in you know their present moment of their kind of growth and expansion. Well, let's talk a little bit about our, our subject today on the show, uh, how to feed your brain. Can you talk a little bit about what, in your opinion, is the best way to feed your brain? When, when I talk about or think about feeding uh, our brains, um, and that extends to the whole system, the, you know, the brain, the body, uh, but we'll, sp- we'll, we'll start with the brain. I, I think uh, it's because we, at least I, with a you know, kind of middle-class upbringing, um, you know, Midwest, you know, south of Cleveland, Ohio, um, you know, I learned the basics of health, and I learned the three food groups, and I learned some of those things that were taught um, in, in that type of a system but, you know, very meat and potatoes uh, upbringing and not a lot of detail in, a, in the broader sense of who we are from a mind, body, spirit perspective. And the more that I got into various aspects of my work in the sciences, I started coming across um, different disciplines, um, research papers or uh, individuals that were doing uh, bodies of research that started to overlap and they started and they looked at the power of thought and the mind and how that affects our bodily, our our chemistry. Um, And and then aspects that go above above and beyond that when you start looking at quantum science and quantum healing. But this whole idea that we're we're connected and and to just look at our system, our body, our brain, the way we function, our emotions from just a physical perspective of what we're ingesting is, is only one component. And the more I learned, the more I started to understand that we are ingesting information which is translated by the body in its chemistry all day long. And, and what I mean by translated, um, as opposed to, you know, we know that when we eat and we chew and that food turns into energy, that's one translation. In this or from this perspective, the translation might be, are we watching things that are fearful or inspiring or life-affirming or life-challenging? Are they, are they happy topics or sad topics? And that all is taken into the chemistry of our programming, our thought process, and that contributes to how our brain monitors or reacts or establishes our, you know, the, the, the way we're being and the decisions we're making or how we're feeling from, a min, uh, from moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your concept of kinesiology? Can you tell us the listeners a little bit about uh, your thoughts on how that comes into feeding our brain? Well, I bring kinesiology, applied kinesiology, uh, you know, has, has taken on um, some tangential research and exploration by some, some, some very important researchers, I feel. But it had been an accepted, it had grown to an accepted applied science, mainly used by the chiropractors, but now used throughout um, the, uh, the medical establishment from, from doctors to, to nurses, holistic practi- practitioners, etc. And the, the basics of applied kinesiology have been that our body registers our muscle, muscular structure will register strong. We can actually have a strong reaction to something that's positive for us. And we can actually have a negative reaction or a weak, pardon me, a weak reaction to a, a, a negative uh, or something that's, that's not good for us. So they've used it to identify organs that may not function or may not be functioning and then to identify a mineral deficiencies or, or, or potentially allergies or things that are affecting you know, the functioning of certain organs. That, however, goes above and beyond the physical nature of it into uh, what is good or potentially not good for us in the way of thought, all the way into things that we're hearing, things that we're reading, lyrics, frequencies. Um, it's, it's pretty heady science, but I would point you to two um, Two researchers that, uh, of course, like anything that's new, are, uh, are, are maybe controversial is too strong of a word, but of course they have proponents and, and opponents in terms of the type of research they've done. But uh, it is sustained and there's a big body of knowledge and it's now being corroborated by other sciences. And one of those is Dr. David Hawkins, who actually took the idea of kinesiology and then over 30 years across thousands of patients started to calibrate the strong versus weak response according to not only the physical structure but according to the emotional spectrum 
uh, from positive emotions on down through negative emotions, you know, from love to fear and everything in between, and then starting to look at the, the, the strong or weak response versus events in people's lives, events out in, in everyday, uh, you know, in, in everyday living, um, past events, and then assigning those to a vibratory spectrum. So it gets kind of heady, but the, the basic idea is that our bodies, our gut feeling, that knowing that we have inside is, is connected. And so our bodies, when they say a strong response, that physical response is also part of our gut feeling or our knowing when they say, go with your first gut. Well, that's your body saying, that's good for me. And Dr. Hawkins' work simply stated that our body knows the difference between truth or the absence of truth. And that could be the difference between holding sugar or, or natural honey is a better example versus aspartame or an artificial sweetener. Your body will react strong if you're testing or resisting in, in, in a muscle movement versus react weak to the, uh, to the uh, chemical uh, or something that's not as good for you. And so then applying that to positive thinking and, yeah. and, and concepts and then... The reason this is important, and then I'll come back to this to the second research, but the reason this is so critically important is that as we are thinking, we are, our body has a chemical reaction to those thoughts. And so not only are we seeing that muscular structure, but that is also correlating to the chemistry that we are creating in our bodies, which then affect our energy levels, our moods, our ability to focus, our ability to heal ourselves. Uh, our ability to actually digest the, the, the good foods that you're recommending to, you know, all your, your, your readers and listeners. Um, so it's all tied together. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a larger way of looking at our total system, our total being. A lot of practitioners also use that same muscle testing with supplements to find out which supplements their, their clients will react better to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the idea is that if you really went under the surface – um, you know, everybody always says, boy, if I had a truth machine, you know, but, but it, your body, your heart, your knowingness really is a truth machine. And, and, you know, we, we pick and choose when we want to believe certain things. And, 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 you know, you hear people say, follow your heart or listen to your gut instinct. Well, that is true across the board. And so the more that we can tap into our own knowing our body's response to what is right, and more importantly, listen to it. Yeah. You know, what we do is, nah, that's all right, that cake's too good, I have to have another piece. When you kind of knew, maybe I'm, you know, taking in too much sugar, or maybe I've had enough today, or maybe, I'm, you know, whatever the, the case may be, we go against what we really know. And so I think it really then becomes, uh, it comes down to discipline of listening to, to the responses that we're getting uh, across the board. Like you're saying, supplements, food, the, uh, the thoughts um, to uh, how you spend your day. Yeah, every time I make a decision that goes against my gut, later I always regret it. I regret it because you always know you always know the right decision to make if you really tap into yourself and listen. And I always regret, you know, going against that grain. Absolutely. And then I think if you step back and you look at which decisions you're not listening to yourself on, then you start to see the patterns. And I think that's where the bigger healing comes from is when you start to reveal, you know, the repetition of, well, I did it again, I did it again. And that plays into addictions. It plays into the underlying emotional causes of what the addiction is masking. Um, you know, so I think it really starts to play into uh, various aspects of, uh, you know, the fact that the answers are there that allow us to pursue a better way of being. Now, the question is, are we disciplined enough to, to see them and, and honor that and kind of move into a, uh, establishing new habits, better habits? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. There's little small steps every single day. Small, <laughs> small steps. Well, and, and so that goes back to feeding your brain, right? Mm -hmm. And, I, and, I, and, and um, the second researcher that is and there's many many out there but but these i think are, are some low-hanging fruit that people can get immediate impact by looking at some of what they've done um is uh dr masuro moto who wrote a book called messages uh from water and he got a lot more uh, notoriety this year for passing so it, this works out there again in a big way because it's been so beneficial to so many and quantum science and new research is really validating a lot of this but what he did was to to harness or recognize the power of words and thought and intention on water and you know the correlation is that we are whatever the the percentage is seventy six percent or something we are our bodies are, are water our brain is ninety percent water 
Um, so when you start looking at um, his work and what it means in terms of he would take words and put them on glasses of water or he would have groups that would set an intention and he would um, take a photo of the crystallization moment, the moment of freezing for, the, for you know, a, a molecule of water either under the influence of having this word attached to it or phrase uh, or having a group or an intention set. And you would look at kind of the before and the after. And um, the pictures and, the, and the, the body of science really speaks for itself. Um, the beauty, the natural structure that would happen in the water from positive words and affirmations, you know, love and joy and gratitude and these things versus the kind of disoriented or destructive, um, uh, you know, uh, structures of the, uh, the, the water um, underneath words of hate or anger or uh, even destructive phrases of, that were commanding someone to do something rather than suggesting collaboration, like let's do something together versus, uh, you know, you need to do this for me or, or, you know, follow that order, whatever the case may be. So it really gets into the nuances of, of how water is affected by uh, words, by uh, um, intent, and then ultimately you start to look at what are we taking in on a daily basis? What kind of words are we looking at? Um, and so to your point and where I started going at the feeding the brain, um, I think the interesting part is we want things in our lives and we say we're going to do something a certain way, but yet we're behaving differently in what we do all day long. So I want to live a happy life, as someone might say. And at the same time, they're listening to, to you know, broken down cowboy songs all day or, you know, Adele or whatever other beautiful yet, you know, somewhat tragic, sad songs that have to elicit a state of, of, of sadness because that's what it's about. And those are the emotions that it's conjuring up. And so I think that's where uh, when I say feed your brain, you start to look at what are you listening to? What are you watching on TV? What are you reading? What are the words that are around in your, in your daily basis? How are you speaking to one another? Yeah. Um, there's a direct response and it's a direct effect on our beings and the beings of, of the people that are around us. Yeah, that's uh, very, very powerful. I learned a lot about uh, neuro-linguistic programming uh, from Tony Robbins when I was in my late teens, 19. And uh, it was very, very powerful about how the, the thoughts that you think can have a profound effect on your entire life and relationship and decisions. And you have a background in neuro-linguistic programming. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that profoundly affects our, our, our thinking and behavior? Um, it, it's a, a, a science that I came to learn and get certified through Ted James Company. Um, this, uh, I guess, it's been two years now since I got the certifications. But I too, um, I guess, uh, a better better part of two decades ago, started doing the, t the Tony Robbins uh, uh, workshops as well. And so it's kind of been around. Um, and and I've read other books and have followed up other uh, uh, experts in the category, like uh, some of the early ones, like Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar and, and this and that. So the, the knowledge has been here, but yet we haven't used it. And the whole idea is that our subconscious mind and our conscious mind in collective are is a base of programming. You know, and everything that we take on in our that we ingest in terms of what we're seeing, in terms of what we're reading and learning, becomes part of our programming. Um, and so the idea of neurolinguistic programming is that words and thoughts affect ourselves and affect others very specifically. And entrainment in terms of the repetition of what we're hearing is very effective. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the, the corporate world knows this. The political world knows this. Um, you know, there's a lot of science that's used in how products are sold to people and why all of a sudden you have this this compelling, this, you know, this, uh, this need or desire for a product that you never needed or wanted before and probably don't really have a need for, but suddenly you think that you have to have it. And it's because of the way that words are, are, are used to embed our consciousness to create a, uh, a reference point or a program that then says, you know, that feeds back in our actions, whether it's buying a product or eating a certain food or, or that. And that's what neurolinguistic programming in its essence is is uh, recognizing and knowing how to uh, program the brain through the use of words and, and, and marketing and uh, repetition. 
Yeah, I know our mutual friend Susan Leahy is the queen of positive thinking. <laughs> she's uh, yeah. she's been on the podcast before, and she's a motivational speaker, and she's always talking she's about writes the words yes, write yes sixty times on a piece of paper, and has really worked really hard to train her brain to think positively all the time. And something that I do too uh, to try to reprogram myself is to do EFT, emotional freedom techniques, uh, to try to tap away the negative energy and a meditation to kind of. Uh, you know, uh, you know, emotionally detox, so to speak. There's lots of different techniques. Can you talk about some that you like to use to help to emotionally detox, so to speak, reprogram I, yourself? I can. I want to mention real quick, uh, since you brought up Susan, uh, it's a perfect example because, you know, we're all on a journey and, and, you know, we've known each other for a long time. And there, she's a perfect example. Her family is a perfect example of putting, putting the actions to practice. I mean, that's, that's a family that really walks their talk. They walk their love. They, they, they have embodied the, those, those uh, habits and those practices that she started years ago to employ. And uh, so it's a perfect example. Um, uh, she's a great example of, of, of doing that. Um, I have become very, very critical of what I'm ingesting on a daily basis. So people spend a lot of time and, and energy and whether or not they're going to be on a certain diet or whether they're eating raw or whether they're eating carbs or all sugars. Or I put just as much time and energy now into what I'm seeing and hearing and reading at a, even a subconscious level. So to the same point that Susan does with, with her, with the yes, I have affirmations um, creatively placed throughout the household and in my office. Um, I'm very careful now, even if I love the, some of the older music, I'm very careful what I listen to in mass. You know, if I'm listening to the same songs over and over, I don't go back to some of the same songs, even though I might want to go down on a walk on memory lane. If it has a message that isn't taking me to a higher level or isn't lifting me up or isn't good for whoever's around me, then I'm trying not to, to take that in. I've, uh, you know, one of the best things I ever did was getting rid of cable TV. Yeah. Um, and thank gosh, with the Internet, you can still watch. I'm not disconnected from the world. And of course, you know, you can still get news, but I don't have the negative affirmations of, of you know, mainstream news in my face. And I used to walk into the office and flip on CNN and flip on CNBC and have two TVs running one, you know, volume one off so I could get all the information. Well, all the information was mostly negative or or, uh, you know, distractionary. Yeah, I agree. I, I used to do the same thing, and now I'm blissfully ignorant because I don't want to know all that negative news from all over the world. I get my news from friends telling me bad things that happen. And exactly. So I'm you can happy. keep up on current events once it gets to a place, but you realize, you know what, you don't really need to follow that trial for six months, or you don't need to, to follow you know, a, a, a bullying situation or whatever. And, and as important as those may be in their individual spaces, there's all sorts of good going on that we could be following, and, and what we focus on expands. So in terms of feeding your brain, you're feeding your being, you're feeding your soul, and you're, and, and you're feeding and affirming your way of doing things. So it's about building good habits. And, uh, and people, like I said, it goes back to how honest are we with ourselves? We say, oh, well, you know, that's not a big deal. I used to watch that when I was a kid, or I used to eat that when I was a kid. And then those are the same people that are complaining that they're, this isn't in their life, or they're having these challenges, and they're not looking at where maybe the two have set a ceiling. And so rather than, you know, we, you know, sometimes you don't even realize, um, I like to use uh, the radio, old school radio, for example, where you would dial in music and sometimes you could hear the music, but it wasn't tuned all the way in, right? So maybe you're getting the basics of the percussion and you can hear some horns, but you're not getting all the strings because they're faint. Whereas if you tune it in more then all of a sudden, wow, the fullness of the music, it could be the same thing. I believe it's the same thing with our, with our bodies. And the more of the, the wrong chemicals that we're creating, the more out of tune we are and the less we're getting the entire you know, uh, orchestration that we have access to if we're in, in peak uh, you know, optimized performance. So sometimes I think we just don't even realize how good it can be because we're stuck in certain habits. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I think it's also very important to be responsible energetically, where, say, if I'm in a bad mood or whatnot, I try to be very careful not to be mean to the cashier or the waitress or whoever it is, or my husband, <laughs> because that negativity reverberates to the next person that they're mean to or irritable with and to the next person. And it, it kind of creates this wave that reverberates throughout the universe, this negativity that you put out there. I think that's important to think about, too. The proverbial kicking the cat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it, it, but it's a great 
example. It's a, it's a great discussion. Um, and there's now a whole new body. Um, Lynn McTaggart has some great books. She's a researcher that, uh, that looks into field, field science and the idea of our auric field uh, with our light body, what's going on outside of our body is, uh, is a big component now. And, 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 and we're starting to learn more of that and actually getting a, a better, we have the science to, to monitor it better. You know, we have, uh, more empirical research. We have um, some groups that are doing great studies in this area, like uh, the Institute for Noetic Science up in Northern California for 35 and 40 years has been doing, you know, uh, studies around um, what is happening in the exchange of energy that's going on. So when you talk about being careful to not give that out, this is how this this to me is is penultimate uh, to feeding our brains and 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 how we relate to the entire community and I wish I would have had this information as a as a child, but we are senders and receivers of information. Our heart actually sends and receives to an exponent ten plus uh, times as much information as our brains do, and it does it more quickly and so going back to that point of uh, of, of uh, the strong response and, and our knowingness, we're also sending out that vibration. So oftentimes, somebody can walk into the room having a bad day and brought that bad day into the room for everybody else to share and not a word was exchanged. Just because they've walked in with that vibration, that energy, and what they don't realize is they just flip the anger switch on to that room of 20 people that they're now in. And if anybody else is having a bad day and the wrong things, you know, said, then suddenly, boom, there's an argument or whatever, the, or, or it raises that anger vibration rather than having, you know, really left it behind and bringing in a peaceful state and potentially flipping the anger switch off on everyone. But we volley back and forth. And, uh, and, and if I can, for just a second, I'll give you one example because I started playing with this at a conscious level. Um, and, and it really comes, it's, it's part of, how owning owning it ourselves right being a cause for our own world what are we doing to contribute to the situation um and one time i was having a challenging day and this was during the uh the, the market uh crash back in 2009 and i'd gone through some challenging times and i went into a bank and i needed to get a check cashed and they wanted to hold the check and the the flipped out <laughs> uh, the te- well i was on the precipice of flipping out and the teller was clearly not having a good day either. And yeah. so I went through this whole mental dialogue and I did get to a state of anger and I was already there. It, I was in entrainment with him. I was in an exchange of, of frustrated energy. And as he walked away, having said there was nothing that I could do, I said, you know what, I'm going to change state. I'm going to give this opportunity uh, uh, or give the situation the opportunity for a different outcome. And I sent him love in my mind. I changed my energy. I sent him love. I said, okay, I understand you're doing your job. This is my situation. It's okay. And do you know that he turned around, walked back and said, I uh, cleared the whole thing. Have a great day. Oh, wow. And it was a complete shift. And the only thing that I did was go in and, and address my energy and, and, you know, kind of to take control of what I could control, which was myself. And I think that was a big lesson. And now I try to practice that on a daily basis. And I, or I recognize when I'm not doing good at it, how I've contributed to situations. Or, you know, I, I do it with my son, you know, watching what's going on and how we're affecting and how he may be having a bad day. And I look at, and rather than going, you're not behaving, I realize, wow, I've been a little frustrated or I'm stressed about work or whatever the case may be. I can dial it back. And then suddenly it unfolds in the way he's behaving. So, you know, again, taking being a cause for our state, our energetic state, as well as uh, what we're putting into our bodies affects everything around us. Yeah. And I think people really need to take responsibility of that. I think there's a lot of people that really feel a victim to their emotions and a victim to their bodies and whatnot. And we do have a tremendous amount of control over over our emotional states and we just need uh, tools. Um, can, can you talk about some of, you know, uh, some of your ideas about how we monitor our daily intake um, and diet as it relates to mental activity? Um. I think uh, I think it's you know the the tool is is uh, is awareness. 
Um, you know, I, I think you have to do an assessment first of your home and your surroundings. You have to realize what you're dealing with and you have to look at your habits. So what happens when you go to a dietitian one of the, or, the, or a doctor or even if you're, you're getting uh, information on allergies, they ask you to take a diary of what are you eating for a period of time so that they can then assess how many burgers, how many this, how many that, what, you know, what's your calories, you know, counting, you know, and then you can say, oh, wow, well, here's a problem. You're doing too much of this or not enough of that. And you can say, I think it's the same way at a very rudimentary level. So it doesn't have to have, you know, you don't have to go out and do tons of research. What you do is actually say, how much TV am I watching? What are the shows that I'm watching? What are the songs that I'm listening to? What, what kind of music? Uh, is it angry? Is it happy? You know, we talk, I, I like to joke around. I was talking to a friend the other night how, you know, when you're in love and everything's great and, you know, you're more apt to turn on that air supply album, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, it's a, we've chuckled about that. But it, you get kind of you get the gist of that. And then on the other side is uh, it, you know you're angry and you're more apt to listen to an aggressive music and a, and a Pearl Jam or a Metallica or whatever the case may be. And and people don't realize that there is a resonance with this kind of thing. So I think awareness and cataloging, identifying what how you're spending your day. And then you can start to say, wow, I'm really, I get it. When I'm looking at it from this perspective, I can realize that I'm watching, you know, these kind of movies, which are either angry or, you know, sad or, uh, and, and that coupled with the songs or, you know, so you start looking at uh, the books we're reading, you know, the idea of escaping, and then you're escaping into a, uh, uh, you know, a, a sad story. You become that sad story. And this is where I think it's interesting was we do we, we have a habit of taking certain knowledge as truth in one area, yet not applying it to other areas. And the 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 uh, the one that comes to mind is uh, running track. Uh, you know, they, you, you've seen studies now and I think a lot of TV shows, uh, science shows talk about how when athletes are engaged in a mental race, the body has some of the same biofeedback signs as if they actually physically run the race. It's the same way in anything else we're doing. So if you're engaged in listening to a sad song, you are now creating the sadness, chemicals, and biofeedback in your body. So if you want more of that, continue to, to ingest more of that. You know? and, and it's the same thing if you're putting your body. So I think the first thing is the basics of awareness, cataloging, and then looking at where you can simply reduce it a little bit. Turn the TV off a little bit. Walk around. And then, and then, but what are you replacing? So, right. So, so the idea is then just mapping that time into something that is alignment with where you want to be or how you want to feel. And so, so if it's, if it's, if you have to have the TV time, then great. Just maybe it's a comedy, you know, find something that, that, you know, there's a lot of people that have healed themselves and it doesn't have to be the most holistic programming, but it could be making you laugh. And that in itself creates a more positive chemical state. So uh, just being aware and then replacing, I think, is, a, is one of the healthiest starting points to, uh, um, you know, to, to kind of reprogramming how you're, you're uh, creating your day. I think it's also important to uh, be aware of and replace some of your friends. <laughs> this is something that I've had to do because uh, I've had you know, just a, a couple of long-term friends um, that I just loved and had been in my life uh, almost like a, a bad habit. And I very much cared for them, but they were so negative. I hate my boss. I hate my friends. My boyfriend, he's a jerk, or just on and on and on. And these are people that just drain my energy. Every time I was with them, I just felt you know, very drained afterwards, draining of energy. So I think, uh, can you talk a little bit about how we need to really, you know, potentially re replace some of our friends and you get, just, yeah. you just brought up a really important point is that that energy drain. Um, the, the flip side of that is, and I'm sure you have a lot of beautiful people and, and like this, this conversation right now, I feel energized from it. Um, it's a positive exchange and, and I, everybody has had these experiences where there's certain friends that they just, oh, they love talking to them and they, you know, every time they're done, they feel more inspired or ideas start to flow or, uh, you know, the blood starts pumping and then there's other friends where, okay, we shared and I was there for them and I heard their sad story or I got to listen to that over and over and, or they see it in themselves how every time they go to that person, they dump their, you know, their stuff and that exchange starts to go back forward and then the other person feels like they need to dump in response and, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Here's my bad story to match that one. And, and then you're creating – it's a self-fulfilling type of a situation. So I think it's a really important point to, to, again, have awareness and assess who are you spending your time with, 
what is their state of mind and being? How much are you investing in your daily basis? And people don't even realize that they've invested hours of the day or potentially days of the week repeating bad stories, um, gossips, jealousies, angers, whatever the case may be. And, and, and you know, the, uh, the simple fact is you have to make the tough decision to say it's not serving and be willing to step away from that. And you may potentially lose that friendship because they may be addicted to that exchange and they may not be in a place to be able to release that behavior. Yeah. But it's about being at cause with your, with your own situation and realizing that in order to go to the next level, you know, you got to surround yourself with the, with the kind of people that are in the space that you want to be in. And, yeah. uh, and that's, it's really important what you mentioned. Yeah, and for me, I felt really, really guilty letting go of these friends. I felt like, oh, I'm being a bad friend. I, if I'm a good person, I should be there for them and listen to their problems. But at a certain point, I think you have to look out for number one and um, and, and, and care for yourself because no one else is going to do that for you. And it can be very difficult to let go of even a spouse or a family member that is just draining or attacking you. Look, looking out for number one is, is key. It really comes down to self-love. And it's funny how we, because of programming, because of social stigmas of, of guilt and shame and being a good friend and what is the de- definition of a good friend, we're better friends to other people than we are ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, during some of my hardest times, I had a, uh, one of my close friends tell me, you know, Mark, he says, you know, there's a reason why if a plane is going into crisis and the masks drop, they say, put the mask on yourself first, then you can help those around you. And that's it. I mean, energetically, just like you're talking about, you end up giving all your oxygen away to that friend that needed, you know, the, the, the attention and you're left there drained, you know, no oxygen and unable to help yourself. So are you being a good friend to yourself first? Are you loving yourself first? And that means, you know, curating the, the, uh, you know, the food you're eating, the people you're, you're interacting with and, uh, you know, the other content that you're ingesting on a daily basis. Yeah, and you know, I find that when people start eating healthier food and they start taking in minerals that their body desperately needs to function, uh, like when people are on my Mineral Power program, I hear this over and over again, that people develop this physical and mental strength and become much more aware of themselves and their surroundings and get in touch with themselves, and they leave their job or leave their spouse because they have been able to lift themselves up to a better place with food and proper nutrition. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how food helps us to do that and the difference between uh, dead and live food? Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you mentioned minerals and minerals, uh, you know, we're start just beginning to understand the technologies that are in crystals and, and, and they're actually starting to refer to crystals as living things. Um, you know, these are, these are, are growing bodies of energy. Um, you know, there's so much going on that we're not even aware of. But, but, you know, without having to get scientific about it, it's a simple fact of living versus dead food. You know, we're, we're, the, the marketing machine has pushed us or guided the, the greater populace away from, you know, fresh vegetables and fruits and, and, and organics. And, of course, that wave is finally coming back in because people like you are doing great work out there. But, uh, you know, growing up, you know, you, you would have been more inclined to grab a bag of chips or something, you know, fried or processed or, or, you know, bleached or starched as opposed to something that was grown or could, you know, potentially just came off the tree or out of the ground. And the other component of this, and why is it so important, not only is it the mineral content and the vitamin content, but it's the energy, it's the light, and it really plays into that, that um uh, this, that quantum discussion, um, you know, you hear the kind of the spiritual people say you are the light. Well, there is light in everything. And now we have science that's starting to feed back the truth in the, the uh, biophotonic measurements, the light measurement that is our body. We give off light. Vegetables give off light. Anything that is alive has an energy around it, has a field, has an aura. So when you're taking in those foods, you're not only taking the physical nutrient. And, and, and beginning that process, but you are also ingesting the electrical content, the light content, the energy at a greater level. So the more aliveness you take in, the more alive you feel. And whereas the flip side, you know, the, the more of this dead products, the more you're actually kind of gumming up the system. And, and, and for the, you know, the auto enthusiasts out there, you know, I kind of compare it to, uh, 
you know, we put so much time and energy into making sure the fuel's just right and the oil's just right and we got to clean it out because if there's a little bit of gunk, it won't work well. And then there's the same people that are, you know, munching on everything you get their hands on, you know, taking that into their engine and their system and, and not giving, uh, you know, themselves a, an opportunity to, to function at optimal, you know, optimal uh, speeds or optimal clarity or whatever the case may be. Um, but taking in light, taking in living foods, you know, beyond, before you even get into the complexities of which ones, I think is the basics. Um, you know, there's a lot that we don't know, and there's a lot in the in the the idea of the living organisms and the energy that comes from with. What is the relevant uh, the relevance to our bo- brains and bodies beyond what we understand at a, a physical level, like the energy and growth, etc.? We are senders and receivers of information and we are all connected what does that mean in terms of we are all connected and it goes into field science and field science um, is in terms of our connection to not only each other's but the universe as a whole and that kind of butterfly effect that you were talking about earlier of when you do something it goes out there to the you know it it it, it touches the atoms that are in the air that are around you and they touch more atoms and they touch and it conveys out into to the universe so all of this is is affecting so the 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 chemical state that we create the is is altering our overall vibration whether we're happy or we're sad whether we're vibrant or you know weighed down energetically are all components of our overall vibration and therefore affecting everybody around us and and you can you've seen people walk into a room that are down and kind of heavy or having a bad day and it doesn't even have to be super angry but not only did you know did they bring that into the room but that but it people kind of train to that and all of a sudden it'll kind of drag the energy of the whole room down flip side when a susan Leahy walks into the room <laughs> right suddenly everybody's up Boom. exactly that's why she's a motivational speaker <laughs> absolutely and uh and and it's a brilliant example of how she, you know that attitude is contagious and it's contagious not only like i said to the people within that room but it's the entire collective um and uh yeah, remember the uh trains the uh city trains that had the two wires above and and so that's where it's drawing the power kind of think of it this way is our brains our spinal cords our pineal gland which we weren't taught about in in anatomy classes kids you know which recognizes frequency at a, at a spectrum beyond what we see all of this functioning as a whole is a you know is a is a two-way radio of vibration that interacts with the world around us and uh uh, you know, it's interesting in some of the same studies um, that Dr. Moto and some other scientists were doing, one of them was the uh, monitoring of either plants or rice and, and uh, then positive affirmations, negative affirmations, and neglect. And what was interesting is the positive affirmations, the rice, the, the plants either grew the lar- tallest or the rice stayed the healthiest the longest. The negative affirmations you would expect obviously rotted more quickly, uh, or the plants didn't grow as high, but the worst of the two was neglect, meaning just being ignored. And so that's the important part is to realize that there is a connectivity among all things and all systems. And so what we're constantly putting out a vibration, and that vibration is being reflected back to us in the events that we're, we're interacting with or that, are, that we're creating in our life or the people that we're attracting. So it, it, it circles back and reaffirms what you were saying in terms of the friends that you have, uh, you know, the food you're ingesting. Um, you, know, it, it, you could almost kind of play it as a game and, and start to look at how your life, how, it, how massively it'll affect your life. And all you're doing is really just turning up the volume on your way of being and in order to attract more positivity into your life rather than you know complaining about things yet continuing to do the same things yeah yeah i love the uh example you gave about the plants that were neglected were not doing so hot because my uncle um who's passed away now he was uh, trying to break the world's record for growing the tallest tomato plants (laughs) and he was doing them organically and that's one thing he did was he talked to the plants every day i thought it was kind of nuts um but it makes sense now because he was he would talk to them and sing to them and give them good energy he was a very spiritual person Uh, but unfortunately i don't think he talked to them enough because they only got 18 foot and the world record was 32 foot. <laughs> wow. Well, 18 foot. He's still a champion in my book. Yeah. 
18 inches, I think, might be the max of anything I've ever grown. So it's, uh, I don't have the green thumb, but I do understand it. And that's probably because I was never around enough to talk and or sing to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most uh, most good gardeners and, and uh, um, uh, you know, people that are that are that, that are, you know, grow their food and that absolutely do um, exchange energy with you know the plants or flowers or that that they're caretaking for and it's the same way with our animals and and the more we pay attention and, and own that interactivity that that attention uh, the more we we realize that it, it truly is impactful and something that uh, that we could be doing more of and be more in control of our environment and you know more in control of what's going on every day I've been listening to your Life Changes show, and you talk a lot about uh, an idea called SOS. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we've touched on various components of SOS through uh, through this conversation. And, uh, yeah, it's a term that I coined uh, a while back when I started to understand the – what is now somewhat more common, but this idea that we are we are programmed, are, we are programmed beings, and, and um, that our, our brains function like a computer program that's connected, you know, to uh, to a larger mainframe of in, uh, information. And then I started thinking, well, wow, okay, if you have uh, someone that grew up in rural Mississippi and someone that grew up, you know, in Siberia or the Middle East, and they had only access to the influences that they had in that area. And the culture and the input and the shows and the, the local behaviors, how could they know anything different? And it became, you know, with every hug, every startle from birth and, and some say before, but, but if you take that blueprint of every moment of activity as a line of code that goes into programming our operating system, then uh, I coined the, uh, the idea of looking at your self-operating system, which is where SOS comes from, is the idea that everybody has a very unique program. And some can be as different as Windows and Mac, and they just won't run. They won't see eye to eye. They won't run the same programs. Um, and so when you look at that from a perspective of, uh, of, of where did the programming come from, and you look at your parents and you look or caretakers if they were raised by their grandparents or brothers or sisters and and what were their influences or what were their belief systems at the time and you know I had you know um, ginger leisure version nineteen thirty six you know, uh, with a certain Catholic background and there's, you know, these certain things which are going to give me a very different programming than someone that had, you know, surely whatever, you know, version 1950 or whatever the case may be, there's a very different, you can actually break down the programming basis for how we, we are, uh, how we behave. And what it, what it does is when you start to look at this base of programming, it takes the ego out of it and you start to have compassion for someone again, who, you know, we want to be quick to, we as a society want to be very quick to call people something, a racist or a this or a that, or how could they do this? But, but when you step back from the ego of it and you start to have compassion for looking at what their story might be or where they had their influences, then you can start to not only understand and have compassion for how they got where they are, but then maybe have an opportunity to where you can serve up more awareness to that community of that person and then potentially change the program and its worldview. And it, and it really is about altering a program because, um, you know, a viral video, this reminds me of a viral video that's been out lately. And it's a, a, a self-professed redneck who goes in kind of calling out racism and how he used to be a racist and he's no longer a racist. And, and it really is so intelligent and so well-spoken and he couldn't sound more or be more redneck in the way, in the way he comes from. But yet this very evolved way of, we got to put a stop to this. We got to be accountable. We can change the way we treat others, uh, comes through. And, uh, you know, there's a, a, a perfect version of reprogramming and it's not, you know, didn't come in the same wrapper that, uh, that it may have been seemed, you know, seemed uh, to have come in initially. Are there some exercises that people can do to, you know, increase their positive thoughts and create, you know, an, yep. an ideal, you know, impact on their body? Uh, yes. And a lot of it is through repetition. But, uh, you know, you're hearing a lot more. Uh, I think the idea, the very notion of meditation has come through for starters. So, so the idea of shutting down the mind uh, is the first start getting control of, of the, the chatter 
um, and, and, the, and oftentimes the negative thinking, which is just continuing to affirm some, some of the things that you don't necessarily want or that are changes or, or, or challenges or fears or hesitations. And so the idea of bringing that under control, which used to be kind of a, an Eastern thing, is now obviously becoming much more uh, accepted and, and put into practice across the, the mainstream culture, the Western culture. Um, but that leads to all sorts of other uh, positive results in our body chemistry, in our balance, therefore our uptake and, and utilization of the foods that we're eating and the nutrients. Um, but once you contr- get, get control of your mind, the next thing is, again, what are you putting into it? So um, the use of affirmations, um, being very specific with what you want in your life, in your, with, for your family, for yourself, and writing that out and then repeating that, whether it's through mantras, um, whether you're doing meditation, whether it's having it written there so you're seeing it um, oftentimes throughout the day and therefore getting you know positive reinforcement by just viewing it, maybe putting affirmations in the office or on your computer or you know some people do it in the mirror in the uh, bathroom so that there's places that you're often going and then your conscious mind sees it or even if you're not necessarily paying attention, your subconscious mind is taking that in. So every one of those pings Every one of those hits that you see that, that you repeat it, um, that you have it played to you in your ears at night or through meditation exercises, those are, are ways of reprogramming the brain and building new habits, just like advertisers do use the repetition in selling you this stuff over and over. You're selling yourself on the things that you really want and or selling yourself on a more positive way of self-loving or looking at yourself as opposed to maybe how you've been doing it before. Well, Mark, thank you so much for, you know, all of that amazing insight and uh, all that information. I know that the listeners are going to get a lot of, uh, you know, benefit from, you know, in doing all these exercises that you suggested. I think uh, it's so, so important. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to take the time to do these things. I find myself, oh, I'm too busy. I have so much to do. But I, I have to take the time to meditate. I force myself to take quiet time for myself and to stay calm because I'm really, really stressed out. It's very hard, I think, to, uh, you know, change your thinking. I think it's very easy to get stuck and that stressed out negative kind of vibration. So it's, right. it's very important for people to take time to do that. Well, taking time, you know, last thing, uh, thank you for having me on, and I've really enjoyed the discussion. Um, the one thing I would say, uh, validating your point, is, uh, again, we, we are willing and we take time to do other things, and then we say we're too busy, and, and yet we're asking for change in our lives. So be willing to invest in yourself. To take, you know, the... the, the investment in change, the investment in, in changing your habits and building new and better habits is every bit as important as an investment you'd make in, in the market or in a new home or a new car. And, uh, you know, if, if you're too busy for exercise, then how can you change, you know, your way of being and therefore create a better, you know, life? So you need to be able to, to invest in, you know, that hour on the gym or on the hiking trail or in, in these types of practices. I have a question I like to ask all of my guests. Can you uh, give me your opinion of what you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Mm. The most pressing health issue in the world today, I think, is uh, you know it falls under the banner that we've been touching on would be mental health, but I think it goes down to something more specific, which is balance. I think we uh, getting to a mental state of and living in a mental state of balance, as opposed to the contrary of that, which is where that word disease comes from. Disease is in essence out of balance, and it will manifest somewhere in your organs or in your body or you know throughout. Um, and so, um, the most pressing <laughs> issue is really being able to achieve balance because I think it affects all of those areas. Uh, that you're trying to uh, uh, attack and or you may be uh, combating at an individual level. I know, you know, people that are still taking multiple drugs for different small issues or and, and thinking, well, I can fix this with this and fix it with that. Whereas at the end of the day, if they're in balance, that'll bring everything into alignment and, uh, and, and they can let go of a lot of the, uh, the kind of the, uh, the targeting uh, from a pharmaceutical level or, or other aspects. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and learn more about your Life Changes show? Absolutely. The Life Changes show is at lifechangesnetwork.com 
or the uh, lifechangesshow.com. We are on uh, Facebook at the Life Changes Show and Twitter, Life Changes Show. And uh, again, it's uh, hosted by Filippo Voltaggio and co-hosted by myself. And uh, we hope you join us on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific or go to our website for uh, the archive. There's a great many shows there that, uh, that may answer some of the questions you're looking to, to uh, achieve answers to. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, and I'm happy that we finally did our show together. <laughs> me too. Thank you for, for having me and for all the great work you're doing. I really, really enjoy the newsletter and, and listening to your podcast, and it's, it's awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, uh, go to my website, liveto110.com, if you want to learn more about natural healing and detoxification and my Mineral Power program. You can find that at mineralpower.com. And again, thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.